Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. Yo, 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 this is Asian Pop Nation on Sin. I'm Jesse, your wonderful EP, and we are in episode one of season three, people. Woo! Wow, I can't believe we're halfway through the year already. That is crazy. Time sure flies when you're having fun. And speaking of fun, the last two tracks we played were two very fun pop rock tracks. You guys heard Elegy by G-Idol, which is an old B-side track from their Queen Card comeback. And before that, you guys heard Hate Rodrigo from Yena featuring Yuchi from G-Idol. And despite the name, this song is actually about how much Yena loves Olivia Rodrigo. And full disclosure, this song did get a bit of heat because of the name choice, but it is, in actuality, a very fun pop track, as is Elegy by G-Idol. And yeah, today, you guys will also be hearing from our extended cast of APN hosts, including Leisha, Leah, Tracy, JP, Theruki, Alishba, and of course, myself. Our show is a little bit different today, as it features some extra content that we couldn't squeeze into the last episode of Season 2. And we thought, you know, why not put it in the first episode of season three? You know, not, let's not put it to waste. And it's such great content. So um, if you guys hear us mention season two in any of the upcoming segments, just know, ignore that. It's season three. <laughs> Yay. Um, we will be talking about the best of K-pop 2023 and screaming about the recent shiny comeback. And by screaming, I mean mainly Leisha and Tracy. Um, but yeah, they will be screaming a lot. Um, we are also taking this opportunity to bring back the anime attack by running down some of the upcoming seasonal shows that we are very excited for. Apart from that, we will also be talking about Shaolin Women's Soccer, which if you didn't know, there was a men's version of it before, and now they're coming out with a women's version or they're accepting applications for it. But before we get into the first part of the K-pop recap, we will be playing a collection of songs that really fits the theme of K-pop Y2K, which we will also be speaking more about in the next segment. You are listening to Asian Pop Nation on Sin, and this is Cherry Talk by Triple S and Crystallize. Okay, and we are back here at Asian Pop Nation on Sin. Well, you guys just heard a collection of K-pop Y2K-themed songs, starting off with Next to Me by ATBO and Cherry Talk by Triple S and Crystallize, and you guys also heard Love Me Like That by Ed Mix. Now, this is a very nice segue into our next little segment, of which all these songs will be talked about, uh, which is the K-pop recap for 2023, where we will be running down some of the gr- best boy group comebacks, the best girl group comebacks, um, the best solo track comebacks, I guess. And if you guys are listening to the podcast version, we will also be talking about the best album, B-side, etc., that kind of comeback. But um, this will be a two-parter, so the first part that is coming up, we will be talking about the best boy group comebacks, and I'm going to pass right along to the team. Hello, dear listener. Today's show is the very first show of July, which means that it is the very first show of the second half of the year. We're um, Typically, around this time of year, a lot of music publications like to do sort of a Oh, best music of the first half of the year. And so today we're going to do the exact same thing, except with the music that we like to talk the most about, which is K-pop. K-pops. 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 Now, just to begin, B 
Alicia, what would you say? Like, let's just have a bit of a discussion on, like, what do you think are, like, the general trends, the general sort of, um, yeah, the general trends that have sort of come about in the first half of the year? What do you think, the, what do you think when people think of, like, 2023 K-pop, specifically January to June K-pop, what do you think they'll think of in the future? <laughs> My future, my future grandchildren will be reflecting on this, and I need to tell them. Um, I think, and you've wrote this down on our little sh- run sheet of ours, and I 100% agree. And I guess the word you you'll be using is the new jeans effect. I think, yeah, new jeans as a group and new jeans like the concepts and basically everything they're doing in the current K-pop sphere has trickled its way down to the rest of the industry. And what do we mean exactly? Um, I'll pinpoint the two that you specifically wrote that I think are like, yeah, like bang on is the whole pre-releases being a thing and the whole Y2K. And now Y2K, I think it was having a whole moment from last year as well, but this year it is, it's amplified to a thousand. Wow, wow. (laughs) It's in full swing. If you don't believe me, just look at any of the styling for any of the performances of G Idol's Queen card. Um, so pre-releases basically you means you release a standalone single before you release it with the rest of the album, which is, you know, a new thing kind of in K-pop. And I feel like it's become a lot more common since New Jeans basically started releasing like three songs per album, basically, as a music video um, to sort of garner the most hype. And companies are seeing that and being like, hey, actually, that's kind of like efficient. You know, maybe we should do that. But those are kind of like the general thoughts that we have for the uh, like first half of 2023. And as Tracy mentioned, we want to go down this little pathway like it's a mini award moment. So I guess we're starting first with uh, my weak point this year, I will be honest, which is the boy groups. And I guess we're calling this like what we deem to be some of the best boy group comebacks from this year. And again, I say I'm not an expert only because once again, I feel like the first half of this year has been dominated by female groups, but we'll talk about yes. female groups later. Let's talk about the boy groups. What what do you got there, Tracy, first off? And I know you wrote this one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, first of all, the song has been like rocking my world. This performance has all been rocking my world. This is ATVO with their song Next to Me. And I straight up made everyone in APN like watch this music video one time because this is how much I love this like comeback. Like I know nothing about these boys actually. Like I don't know any of their names, but they know I know their faces now because I've seen enough performances. But essentially, next to me is like the perfect ultimate new jack swing track. And it's my first it's my my favorite genre of like K-pop boy group concept which is like bright concept but not in like a cloying cutesy way but in like a boys just having fun while doing laid back hip-hop choreo sort of way and um I'm my ultimate group is pentagon and you'll notice that shine their breakout single kind of fits those um markers as well so to me it was like seeing like a second shine and I really hope that it's a sleeper hit like shine was although I'm not holding it out hope for that because at the moment ATBO don't really have a huge this this comeback didn't really make much noise sadly but like it's so good it makes me so happy it's so well produced it's so well performed they're so charismatic it's so great um (laughs) Alicia uh what 
do you what were your favorite boy group comebacks of this year so far Ah, uh, as I mentioned before, not too much for in my end only because I feel like they're girl groups. They just killing it once again this year. But I have two that are still they stood out to me. Um, one particularly which I will consider so far probably my favorite boy group. So like track comeback album, just full stop in general. And I've talked about this before way back when, but it's NCT Do Jung, the subunit with Do Young J. Jaehyung and Jungwoo with the comeback perfume. Ha ha ha. Now, <laughs> again, I've talked about it before. I think I didn't summarize it nicely and I don't think I'll summarize it great here either. It's, I guess what Tracy says with ATVO being like, ooh, like basically like when I hear the song, it's very like spring, very fun, just fresh type of concept. This is on the um opposite side of the spectrum of very just um sexy men doing <laughs> but that's not the main thing I like it for I think they really did super well with this like R&B um genre that they have been thrown into oh my gosh yes Lee uh, <laughs> I think they've just done like the R&B genre really well with their particular debut I mean this is their debut but I count it in the comeback thing because they're three members that have existed in the NCT madness for a long time but i just think it's really good i really like it um i'm very bad at describing things but just trust me y'all it's just really good stuff and it still stands it's probably my favorite boy group comeback and then another one that i like it's also from a subunit yeah yeah <laughs> it's vss which is the subunit from 17 um featuring lee Yongji with their song fighting yeah i just thought it was so it was such a fun Again, fresh um, concept. They they had like a song way back in like 2018 or whatever, but this one was kind of like, I guess their first one where they were really doing a lot of promotion for it and going on music shows and variety shows and stuff like that. It was just so fun. Like the whole entire comeback for them was just a really fun time. I had such a fun moment with my friends who were very big Seventeen fans, big carrots, and they made me watch like all their live performances, including one where they did a song together with um, Pedre Ellis. I think that's how you say his name. And it was just really funny because the man is not Korean, but they made him speak Korean at the end of each stages. It's just, it's just like fun, unserious stuff. And the song is just really cute. Kept me going. Um, when I was employed, basically. <laughs> but yeah, I love it. And then on the 17 route, I see one of us has also put a certain, hmm, I can guess who it is already, Miss Alishpa. Yes, girl, please say your favorite boy group comeback. <laughs> I feel like this year I've become more of a carrot. So I would <gasps> say FML. Because I feel like I was more stay last year and the start of the yes. year. But now I've gotten more into 17. I, for example, like I love fighting. It is so good. Even the rap part, I just love listening to it. And the even the promotion shows that they did was so funny. And I would say the best comeback for me was FML by 17. Every single song on that album is so good. Like it is so good. I love every single one of them. I listen to it literally every single day. I feel like a lot of people were saying that the songs are very, very relatable. And some people even like asked them because it was, it has like a lot of swear words. So they were asking, it was very risky and stuff. But I feel like the concept, the concept that they choose is so relatable to every single one that, you know, you know, it's going to be successful when you target to like working class 
and people who are really struggling with life and the music video is so good like the amount of backup dancers they have just the choreography is also so hard I feel like the music video really like was top-notch so I really liked it hello 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 i am back to um just reel back the fangirling just a wee bit as we're all very excited for these tracks but um before we get into the second part of the k-pop recap which will feature the best girl group comebacks as well as the best solo comebacks uh we will be playing a few songs from both Yo, 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 welcome back to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. You guys just heard a collection of K-pop tracks, um, starting off with Perfume by NCT Dojae Jung, and you guys also heard Sweet Juice by Purple Kiss and Rover by Kai from XO. Now, this, this, this collection of K-pop songs really links in well to our second part of the K-pop recap, where we will be talking about the best girl group comebacks and the best solo comebacks and yeah i'll just let the team take it away okay we've talked enough about the boys let's talk about the girlies the girlies Uh, let's say that like 2022 was definitely the year of the girl group and 2023 has continued to be like a very strong girl group year um my personal favorite girl group comeback like in terms of song this year has probably been Cherry Talk by Triple S. This is basically another Jaden Jong project. Um, he is best known for Luna, but he was like basically one of the best A&R guys in the, in the business. He was an A&I, he was in charge of the music. Um, I think when like William had Infinite and Lovelies and also like during Luna's pre-debut period. So yeah, what they all have in common is incredibly good music, like astoundingly good music that redefines how good K-pop music can be. Whoa. And I think Jerry Talk sort of gives me a similar sort of sense of euphoria. Oh right. my gosh. Oh my gosh. And then on the other side of the spectrum for me, and this and this is going to be a very wild card entry for me, Lisha Lini, personally, because I actually don't listen to too much music from this girl group, but trust I do know their impact. But <laughs> Queen Con by G Idol, why am I feeling like that? To me, that comeback summarizes the first half of 2023 for me, and I don't know why. I think A, their TikTok challenges actually went viral. Um, and we're everywhere around my feed. The dance is so fun. It's just girl, girls having fun, like who cares type of thing. Embraces terrible English lines in my K-pop music once again, but it works. Like, I don't know. It's just such a fun little like entire comeback for them that I was I was living for it. And I don't even listen to G Idol on a regular basis, but this comeback to me was so fun. And yeah, I love it. And then I have a couple of other ones that actually quite a lot, which I just like chucked there that I thought were some of my favorite ones. One, which I think most people, even if you're just someone who's Asian, but you don't listen to Asian music, will definitely have heard New Jeans, OMG, oh my God, that song is just everywhere till now. And yeah, I think it's something that I guess perfectly encompasses 2020, the first half of 2023, because that song just does not escape. Um, other ones that I personally really, really like, Sweet Juice by Purple Kiss. Ooh, it was, I want to say that came out more earlier in the year. And also Purple Kiss is not um, the most popular group out there in the industry. So it kind of came and went, but I'm still listening to it. It's so good. If you're somebody who likes more of like um, 
you're looking for I guess songs that embrace more of like quote-unquote darker pop side of the realm like tune into them it's good stuff I really like it um I've I think had a great year this year they had the pre-releases which we've talked about before they had kitsch and they also have I am and I guess doesn't matter which side of the coin you are if you're an I am stan or if you're a kitsch stan I know our team is divided here um about it but I think their overall year has also been like 11 out of 10 um Okay, I'm not going to mention the... Wait, no, how do you pronounce the Billy one? Because I listen to it all the time. I just don't know how to ever say the name. Like, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. The other comeback that I just really liked, also, I feel like similar to Purple Kiss, it's like if you are really big fans of them, it would have been in your radar, but if you're not, it just went past by. But I really like Billy's comeback as well. You know, yeah, great stuff. And then the last one for me... And this is the one where I'm going to do a bit of explanation for <laughs> is Enmix comeback. Another surprise one for me because I've been such an Enmix, um, nothing to the girls, but I've been a skeptic of their music from their debut until now. But then they came back with Loving Like This and the girls were going through it. They literally lost like a member just out of nowhere prior to this comeback. Everyone was... Um, it, it, it was people were not vibing with OO and then Dice people were still kind of confused and then they come up with Love Me Like This and I feel like, like, okay, like, I feel like this was the comeback that they really needed. I feel like people were actually taking them, I guess, quote unquote, seriously as like an artist and stuff. And I, for one, I felt like with this comeback, I, well, it's the first Enmix title track that I really like and also choreo, nuts, out of control. I could watch the performance anytime. It's just so jumpy, so fun. And the girls' vocals, oh my god, you listen to the harmonies that are in like sprinkles around in the song. It's just so good. I love it. Ah! But as you can see, a lot of girl group comebacks, so we had to do a speed run of a bunch of them. But trust, this year was definitely one for the girls once again. And then now, oh god, this is where I must control my fangirlness for one particular person. But we have a couple of picks for best soloist comebacks. Tracy, I know you put the first one in because I've heard you mention this album to me um, in the past, in the passing. <laughs> yes. On You's O is my favorite soloist song of this first half of the year. And it's like a very like cinematic, slower track that really shows off his vocals. And I feel like this sort of more ballady track can get very cloying, very cliched, very like, yeah, but it's not like very easily. But this song, something about it, it's just like left of center. Like it's just, it's it's it seems it sounds like something very new, something like never heard before in K-pop, and that's why I like it so much. I guess. Uh yeah. It, it it makes me feel like I'm standing at like the edge of a cliff, and like the wind is like ruffling my hair and stuff. It feels very cinematic, as I said. And so I agree. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good like visualization of what that album entirely feels. And the music video is quite beautiful for the title track. I will say. Oh my god. Yes. And, and the- next up, we have a track that I honestly did not really care about until Nark Hampton performed it, and now I understand its appeal. Um- <laughs> oh no! Pause. She said, "Wait until an FNC trainee does this first, and then I understand the appeal." And what is Tracy talking about? It's my favorite soloist comeback song, "I Rover." Oh my god! 
I feel like Kai's Rover and the other artist that I'm going to bring up right now, Lee Chaeyoung's Knock, both Rover and Knock are like what I also deem as perfect like TikTok dance challenges that actually went viral <laughs> and were not like the a thousand other dance challenges that every K-pop group uh does now for marketing. Yay. But oh my god, Kai's Rover. Look, this was the man's last comeback before he had to be put in military. And oh, it's just so good, guys. I can't. He's just, oh my god, Kai. Maybe I'm not beating the allegations because in this comeback, he is blonde. And as we'll go down later in the show at APN, I do get exposed a bit about my interest with apparently men with blonde hair. But let's not go down that rabbit hole yet. Yeah, she is. Whoa! <laughs> But, oh God, this comeback is just its just what I needed from the man and just shows that his music, to me, he has the best solo discography out of the EXO members. But I know many people who would disagree and have their own favorites. But that's what's so great about EXO, right? Um, and in Lee Chaeyoung's Knock, I feel like this was the comeback I really, really wanted to see from her as somebody who has been rooting for her since Produce the produce series this was exactly what i wanted to see from her and she delivered and she got to get out of that other mnet show because not got so popular so i'm happy for her and i think the album her ep mini album was actually pretty nice and fun as well so i think a good year for her as well and i think alishba judging from the all caps and <laughs> stuff has another soloist to mention man has like an interesting like he has an interesting start to his like 2023 because I think like was this him releasing um how long has it been since he's released his own music for four years but I'm not sure yeah I knew it was that long but oh my gosh but yes Alishma tell us about the man I the one and only Taeyang the thing is I'm not a fan of him or anything but his song with Jimin was actually really nice I found it catchy and it's so why when I first listened to it, I was like already jamming to it. I really liked it. It was very catchy. And especially Jimin's part, I really liked his vocals and stuff like that. Um, but for the song with Lisa, at first I didn't like it, but then it was just very catchy that I couldn't get it out of my head. And I'm just like listening to it every single time. I think it's a really good song to just like dance at home. That's why I like these two songs. Even the dance for Shung is so much better than the vibe one. I don't like the white dance a lot, but the Shunwa is actually so nice. And this Lisa with Taeyang, just, they bo both look so good. And I was just listening to one interview about how Lisa, um, he was the one that was at the audition when Lisa was auditioning for YG and her is so beautiful. So I really like the song. And I, uh, I get the catchability as well because I've had that Lisa, like Lisa's part in Shung it's been like on my it's it went in my head one time and it's on loop for who knows until the end of 2023 as we know it um but um and then I guess you know we're talking about boy group girl groups comeback specifically which are like the big title tracks and all the stuff that they promote but now we're gonna get into the albums the mini albums the b-sides what what did it for you and we're gonna start with Tracy from APN <laughs> Her first one. <laughs> Your first pick. Okay, my first pick is Dreamcatcher with Apocalypse from Now. And I know that Ethan is an auntie of the recent 
Dreamcatcher releases, but I actually really, really like Apocalypse. Oh, oh sorry, Apocalypse from Us. Um, I really like this album. It's very solid all the way through. It was like the first, probably the first like mini album I listened to this year where I was like, wow, like blown off my feet and like genuinely like, um, like I felt like it was kind of blowing my mind with each track. Um, it's very, very good if you like rock music, if you like loud music. I think um, I, I just finished going to, like I watched, I listened to this, I was listening to a lot of MCR this year, so maybe that contributed to how much I liked this, this album, but it is very solid all the way through, and the English lyrics are, like, surprisingly good. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's all I have to say about this album. It is so good. Oh, my. I, I need to tune in to that still. I feel like I'm, like, so behind on Dreamcatcher releases, and I feel so bad, and I only kept up with that one time we had to talk about it because of the environment situation, like, last year. Anyways... <laughs> But yeah, I think it's I'm... a return to form. It definitely is like a return to like full on rock, pure rock. Mm. Oh my gosh, yes. And then on, I have two here. My my babies, I would say my <laughs> my babies, Espa and Kepler. Oh. Um, I need to talk about the Espa, My World, their third mini album. I have had a journey with the Espa B sides. I thought, oh my god. I need to whip up the the hold on I need to do the thing real quick which is go on by Spotify I with Espa yeah I really I love Savage the first mini album the first album that Espa ever put out I was like yes like I I get novice I'm in Kwangya I get it now <laughs> like I don't know I felt like the sound was exactly what like what as I guess Espa wanted to introduce into the K-pop scene, they did it and I ate it up. And then the girls, which was their second video album, came out and I did not like that album at all. So with my world, I I didn't know what to expect. But when I tell you this is probably my most listened to mini album from this year so far, yeah, the girls. Ooh, they did it. They did the thing where I, SM does it with some groups. I wish they did it with Red Velvet, but they did like little track videos on YouTube, little mini music videos, you would say, of the B-sides. And oh my God, Thirsty specifically, it's like my favorite B-side of this year. Oh my God, I love it. And I just think oh, th this third mini album for Espa is just chef's kiss. I love it. It's is what I needed from them. And with Kepler, oh, now Kepler. I These girls in general, their promotion has been a bit rough. It gets rougher with each comeback. <laughs> but I still love them. And I think Lovestruck is a actually a surprisingly very nice EP. Very like, I personally found it a very like quick listen true. But I feel like if you're just looking for some nice, decent pop, like just good k-pop music that has really really nice vocals and i know people don't associate kepler so much with vocals but i think you'll be pleasantly surprised with this ep like it's just got some it's just some good stuff man i'm a kepler stan sue me and then lastly on the list which i think me and tracy both are loving it so much that we're going to be dedicating a whole thing into this album because it just came out and it's already she's already made it to the top let's just say that and it is shiny's hard <laughs> again we're going to talk about it more in the next segment so again stay tuned be there or be square 
but just know this album is insane and i think that is a wonderful way to cap into this very very nuts recap into the first half of 2023 in k-pop like whew, it was a lot i feel like i need to it is crazy it is nuts definitely a two-parter segment yeah um <laughs> but oh my god we didn't even talk about everything under the sun too so listeners if you're tuning in and you felt like you missed like we missed out on some specific comebacks that you really liked or you know you just want to share some comebacks that you really liked throughout the first half of the year definitely let us know through our facebook twitter and instagram at asian pop nation and I guess let's look forward to the second half of 2023, aka EXO's comeback only. Welcome back to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. Um, we just talked all about the best girl group comebacks and the best solo artist comebacks. And if you think this is too much K-pop in this show, you are wrong. There is never enough K-pop. And next, we will be playing a huge collection of shiny songs um which leads in very well to our next little segment which is about shiny's comeback that they did recently welcome back to asian pop nation on sin you guys just heard a collection of three shiny tracks which really went hard uh you guys first heard identity by shiny but also you guys also heard juice by shiny and also hard by shiny which is the new title track of their new album which recently came out simply titled hard and it is their eighth album if i'm not wrong um and some of our team members have a lot to say about it because apparently this album is really good and um leisha and tracy are just babbling about it so i'm just gonna pass it right along to them Earlier in our show, we were going through some of our favorite K-pop releases for the first half of 2023 and an album that Tracy and I really, really liked to the point that we've already dubbed it as one of the best that has come out in the first half of this year. And she's coming out right at the end as well. It is the one and only Shiny returning with their eighth album titled Hard. Simply just hard. It is definitely um interesting title to be saying constantly on this segment, but, you know, come join us for the ride as we talk about this album. As I mentioned earlier, this just recently came out on the 26th of June. And oh my gosh, there's a lot to dissect with this album and just the whole comeback so far. Usually when it comes to us talking about albums, we tend to dive straight into like the MV, the title track, and then down to the album. But with this one, there was just a lot of very interesting pre-release content and teaser promotion for this comeback but tracy yeah talk to me through this one <laughs> this oh, shiny you know. comeback yeah hard is just such a great name for an album you know like normal phrases just become funny automatically things such as shiny releases hard shiny hard album unboxing hard teaser like they just instantly become like way more funny than they should be Whoever has been like managing shiny promotions has really um, made the most of this opportunity. I'm just going to quote some of the tweets from the shiny official account. Shiny to show various feelings of love through their eighth album, Hard. Shiny's eighth album, Hard, 
promotion website is open a fresh pleasure for fans <laughs> and then my favorite two posts which are just like two pictures of like ads for this album uh, just respectively read hard at Shin Wung Tower and hard at SGF Chungdam Tower mm, it yeah I'm like a 12 year old boy that's just giggling over like something so so simple yet so genius it's bringing me back for real <laughs> In ways that I don't know if Shiny intended it to be, but I appreciate it nonetheless. But yeah, my favorite one in particular, which I exposed the class to yesterday off air, was right, right, right before they started doing like teaser photos and everything for this comeback. They did a volume checker. They posted on their social media this eight second video. It's just called Hard Volume Checker. And it's just, you play the video no sound and so it makes you want to like turn up the volume because they're like okay i'm supposed to be checking something and then in the last second you just hear key one of the members just going hard and that's it <laughs> like with the echoes and everything and if you put your volume up all the way high it's a jump scare this is just perfect this is what i want from k-pop thank you shiny you've done it again in your 15th anniversary you've done it again <laughs> it's crazy that they're in their 15th year and still doing so well i think this album's already sold more than like 100k copies in its first day or something and for good reason because it is like a good album and when i say album i mean like the songs on the album other than the title track are <laughs> also very good k-pop often has a habit of filling up their albums with like filler tracks but this album is solid it's it goes hard. <laughs> it goes hard. Exactly what they wanted it to do. But I agree, this album totally goes hard, no pun intended. Ooh, I've heard many thought pieces online of what people think about this album. For some people, the way they describe this album as opposed to their other ones that they've released in the recent year, this one, they feel like it really encompasses quote-unquote old shiny sound that they've had in the past but mixing it with a lot more modern like music production tracy what is it about this album that just like it just got you shiny i album. think shiny in general if they have like a signature sound or a signature feeling to their songs it's definitely like grandiose comes to mind as a descriptor i think when you have your main vocalist in your group being jonghyun and on you it would be a waste not to make your songs like as dramatic and theatrical and grandiose as you can. And so that's why you get songs from Shiny such as Sherlock, um, which feels like a spaceship taking off. So they're very tuneful and they're very grandiose and they like making extremely slick, extremely technicolor pop music. And with this album, I think what they've done really well is to put in a lot of weird elements in. There's production elements that you don't hear a lot in K-pop and that you can't really define. You can't be like, oh, this is just a city pop track or whatever, because you're like, gee, how do I even describe what this sounds like? Basically, when I was listening to this album like two days ago, I had to like put down my phone and stop scrolling and like be fully absorbed in the music, which is Whoa. like that happens often. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, Tracy is the music girl of APN. So this is serious business. She said, the phone is off of my hands. That's when you know it's serious stuff for a K-pop album. <laughs> yes, no, this album, I also agree. It just has so much, like, you think you're listening to a song and you kind of know where it's going. And then just bam, there's like something that just makes the whole track so unexpected and that happens with like almost every single song in this album i really like the journey it takes you as well 
albums created by Western artists, they tend to go this sort of route. But in K-pop, I feel like nowadays, uh, mini albums and EPs sometimes just feel like they're jumping, like they're just putting songs yeah, in there. Yeah, like a mixed bag. like bag Yeah, mix. mixed bag and choose yeah. your favorite B-side from there. Uh, but this one kind of goes for the route where it's like starting with very like intense, mind-boggling tracks that will take me weeks to like process to like getting more chill and then slowly going into more like the songs that resonate a lot with like the fans and stuff like that and getting to the end where it's much more of like the ballad the emotional, hard-hitting ones, haha <laughs> hard. Um, But it just has that really smooth transition God, it's just so good. And I just wanted to mention a little tidbit that I found. It just made me really appreciate this album a lot more. If you're somebody who's very in tune with like producers and lyricists that tend to work with SM, they've got a lot of the usual producers at SM for this album specifically. Them joints with Juice, for example. But I wanted to talk about a specific story that I found online when the album dropped from the lyricist who did the lyrics for Gravity. And basically, it is like just a really nice, heartfelt ballad track. But the lyricists who posted on Instagram about like, I think this was like their first time that they've done lyrics for a shiny song. And they basically wrote a very heartfelt post about how they've been a shiny fan since the start. And it's very surreal that they're like now writing lyrics for groups that they've really liked since they were really young. They happen to be a Jonghyun bias as well. There's a lot of lyrics that refer to the moon and stuff, and a lot of fans, including myself, like to associate that with Jonghyun. And it's just like, oh god, I feel like it's just such an extra sweet, like, I don't know, perfect little end to this album and this whole comeback. It's just, oh, it's just so good. This is, this is just exactly what I needed. And I mean, again, their last album was back in 2021. So this one just feels like, whoa, like Shiny is back, back with like everything. I'm quite sad that Onyun won't be able to be like in the promotions for this comeback, obviously for health reasons. But nonetheless, I just can't wait for the promotions. It's going to be wild. Oh my God. This is yes. just such a good, this is just so good. Did you see that it. we have choreo for at least eight of the tracks? I just can't wait. Like, oh my god. I didn't even know this information until you, like, posted it here. And I'm so excited. This is just going to be a good comeback. I could just feel it. It's going to be great for Shidi. And uh, I hope this whole segment justifies why, even though this album just came out, we already put it as, like, basically one of the best from the first half of 2023. Yeah, so in case you haven't listened to this masterwork of an album... We're going to play it probably before and also after this segment. So I think the song we're going to play right now is Satellite by Shiny. This is Asian Pop Nation, which if you do not know by the name, we talk about Asian culture and music. And of course, we play Asian tracks and we play a collection of Korean tracks. Um just now starting off with Enchanted Night, White Night by Billy and before that you guys also heard Satellite by Shiny and Ten Times also by Shiny. Now apart from all the K-pop songs that we've been hearing we also love to talk about other parts of Asian culture including a certain something called anime. So a new season is coming up and some of us are anime fans. Um, so we will be talking about some of the upcoming seasonal shows that we are very excited for. Um, but yeah, uh, 
JP does a better anime otaku voice than I do, so I will pass straight on to him. Anime Kogeki! Oh my god! Uh, for you guys that don't know Japanese, that translates to anime attack. And I screamed like that because、um, we're going to be talking about anime this segment. Lisha, you love anime, don't you? Don't you just love anime? Oh boy! I love anime! Believe、yes. it! Anime! No, but I actually have heard that a bunch of you guys here at APM want to talk about a lot of exciting new anime or new seasons that are about to be dropping very soon by like next month and stuff like that. So, y'all, what, what do we have installed? One of it、yeah. I'm particularly going to be screaming and crying about, but you know, we'll get to her later. Yeah, that's right. Data Bio, believe it, Lisha. <laughs> First up, we've got Spy Family. They have a movie that's coming out in December 22nd this year in Japan. They just released a trailer, I think, and it's supposed to be a completely original story. So, nothing from the manga, apparently. And it seems to surround the pretty much the Forger family going on a holiday to a snowy resort and then encountering some trouble. Ooh. 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 And make it double. Whoa, it's a Pokemon crossover. Can you believe it? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, he's a liar. No, They could never. But I don't, what, do you, what do you guys think about this little trailer? I mean, Spike's family, for the people who don't know, I would define it as, as someone who totally knows anime, am I right? As a very like, feel good family type of thing. So I'm very. Curious the fact that it's gone on a movie film platform, but what are the anime folks, I guess, thinking about with this film announcement trailer thing? So, the trailer actually didn't show too much in terms of like what it, it just kind of upped the drama a little bit. It was just like, oh, let's go on a holiday. And then there was like different scenes of like Yor being like, oh man, this mission. And then、um, Anya being like, oh, is this family going to end? And that's it. It's not telling us much about what's going on. So,、uh, don't know what to say about it yet. But、um, it seems like very, where it's like, oh, there's some drama, but we're going to fight it and we're going to stick together as a family and it'll be all good. And then at the very end, Anya throws in a very classic、um, Anya face and she says, forgot、oh, what she says. She says, she means like, like, yeah, go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Go to hell, baby. Yeah, yeah, amazing. <laughs> She looks so cool.、Yeah. You also hear Bond bark at the end, so that's a good detail. <laughs> yes. And also, Bond doesn't bark like a normal dog. He goes bork, so like, that's how he barks. Um, speaking of barking. Excuse me, Lee, where are you going with this transition? There's an anime coming out, season two of an anime coming out soon. Um, which, which are gonna make a lot of people bark because it's JJK season two, Jujutsu Kaisen season two, which will be focusing on Gojo in his youth. So you get to see a young, young Gojo, and、um, we'll also see younger versions of Geto, Nanami, Lisha, Yes, Heimei, me, I'm in, <laughs> Feimei, Utahime, and more. So Jujutsu Kaisen season two will premiere on July 6th.、Um, yeah, what does everyone think? I think with this season, yeah, they're focusing on A, the little like backstory, particularly with Gojo. Yeah, mainly him, but a lot of fans are like, it's gonna be a lot of emo moments with Geto and Gojo. And I've read places that like 
they're going to do the first half it's going to be that past arc but then the next one is going to be the shibuya arc shibuya arc i'm not a manga reader but unfortunately i already know what's about to happen not good things but for manga readers like the shibuya arc for jjk it's like one of the bigger mm. moments that will change the show forever whoa so i guess this is where a lot of anticipation for season two is gonna be i'm very excited but also i'm very scared because it's gonna be nothing but pain i've seen a lot True. of interviews where they said that there's gonna be like there there's a lot more i guess character emo moments to come and less of like because I guess season one was more focused on the action and crazy, amazing animation. But yeah, there's going to be pain and suffering. Yay. I cannot yeah. wait. And I guess while we're talking about JJK season two, there is also another season two of a specific show that I don't have too much knowledge about. But Miss Jessie over here, our lovely EP, has a lot of stuff to say. It is this show called Link, Click, and Jessie, please. The 411, the info, everything. My god. Okay, well, season two is obviously a continuation from season one. And I would just like to say that they left season one on a very, 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 very big cliffhanger. The whole premise of Link, Click is the two main characters, Chen Xiaoshi and Lu Guang, um, they have the ability to travel to the past through photos. Um, Lu Guang can basically see into the photos and see the moment and the events that transpired and then Chen Xiaoshi can go into the photos and so basically what they do is that they run a photo studio and clients who have regret would bring their photos in and ask them to help absolve their regret and that's kind of how the story goes they go through each case and I should also say that this is a Chinese anime Chinese anime is so good man the story is actually super good because it wraps up a lot of loose lines and then every now and then details from like past cases make themselves relevant in like future cases. At the very end of season one, there's a connection to the very first case they did and then you realize, oh, this is where things go down. And yeah, I am really looking forward to season two mainly because of all the trailers that's been coming out recently which is like very high tension hype definitely watch it don't be put off by it because it's a chinese anime because i know some people can be it has a killer opening if people listening listen to openings and yeah the season two is coming out july 14th from what i remember i have seen a few clips about it but i didn't actually like go and watch it but that kind of sounds really interesting, like the going into pictures and then... It's so good. Altering. It's so good. Yeah. I might, I might watch it. Back to Japanese anime. Ooh. Yes. JP, take it away. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Yes. I found a little movie that's coming out soon. It is based on a manga by this guy called Tsuchika Nishimura. He is an amazing illustrator. I wish I could, I don't know, like shake his hand or something because, uh, or her, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, this is a complete disaster. But what's not a disaster is the manga or movie. It's called The Concierge at Hokkyoku Department Store. And it's about a concierge at this department store. She's like this lady, but all the customers are animals. Like some Zootopia looking, like, you know, they walk in wearing suits and stuff. And it's just about her dealing with all their shenanigans. And it's very cute. Please look forward to its release. It's got the same vibes as, like, Ranking of Kings. You know how cute it is, you know, all cartoony and stuff. It is so good. The art is amazing. Sure, I'm going to see my mama's recipe. 
You know, it is it is so good. Um, pardon me. Um, <laughs> Italian yeah. anime. Italian no, anime Italian. crossover. Maybe. I, I was I gonna know. say, as you're like, it's a as JP said, do search up the like the little film teaser trailer thing online because mm. I was just watching True, like because it's in a department store and all that stuff. The colors are so vibrant in this little department store. It's I don't so know nice. what it is about it. What do you mean? Like, do you like it or is it too bright? No, I like it. Like, eyes? oh, okay. <laughs> But yes, yes, that that is that is on the Japanese side. That's the new thing that's coming out. Well, Ellie. these are the anime slash animations that we are very excited about that are coming up soon. Um, so if you guys have any anime or animation that you want us to check out that's coming out soon, let us know via our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And yeah, uh, anime attack. Whoa. <laughs> That was Anime Attack on Asian Pop Nation, where you guys heard a lot about our thoughts about the upcoming seasonal anime that we are personally excited for. Now, obviously, we weren't able to go through everything, and there are actually a lot more seasonals um, that's coming up soon that we're also excited for, but really couldn't talk about. Um... But yeah, there are many more, so if you guys would like to check that out, definitely go do. And if you guys have any thoughts or comments or any other seasonals that you guys are looking forward to in anime, definitely let us know on Asian Pop Nation across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are all anime fans here, so we would love to hear from you. Welcome back to Asian Pop Nation on Sin, and if you guys are just tuning in, uh, we talk a lot about Asian culture and music, and in the segment before this, we talked about... Well, we had an anime attack where we talked about the upcoming seasonal anime that we were excited for. Um, you guys also heard a few tracks, starting off with Dust by Seventeen and Small Talk by Kim Soo-kyo from Infinite and also My Favorite by Yukis. Um, but moving on to another piece of Asian media, we will be talking about the upcoming movie by Stephen Chow called Shaolin Women's Soccer, which he announced on his Instagram along with a casting call announcement. And if you guys did not know, his original um, Shaolin Soccer movie from 2002 is very iconic, but kind of um, been uh, tainted because he became a bit of a... Um, not a great person in terms of reputation. Um, but yeah, we will be speaking more about that. And our a- team of APN hosts have some thoughts they'd like to share. Hard. There are a lot of movies in the world that go hard. But this movie that goes hard is Shaolin Soccer. I'm sure you guys know what it's about. It's about a bunch of like ragtag kung fu guys. And they're like, oh, let's do soccer. And then they do kung fu cool stuff on the soccer ball. It's very um, wacky, zany stuff, it's, basically. Yeah, it's yeah. hella, hella wacky. But the reason we have mentioned this is because the director of that movie, Stephen Chow, has announced a new movie, and it's called Shaolin Women's Soccer. <gasps> um, yeah, amazing. So he announced this on Instagram, and he did it alongside like a casting call announcement. Like, you know, oh, pretty girls, if you're a pretty girl, you know, sign up for the movie. <laughs> and you think like JP it. is joking, but no, I would say no, that yeah. sums it up quite well. But in a joking way, guys, 
He meant yeah, it as a joke. Joking. Right. For real. For, For real. real. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Base, yes. <laughs> like, okay. So the last movie he made was in 2019. It was called The New King of Comedy. And it was a remake of his old movie from 1999, also called King of Comedy. Um, So he's basically like going on a remake grind right now. Yeah. They, they got Shaolin Soccer. Next was Shaolin Soccer. Soccer. Next is Shaolin Soccer. Now it's Shaolin Women's Soccer. Soccer. Oh my Um, god. So it's a very it's a very well loved movie actually Shaolin Soccer. Like lots of people love it. Have Um, you seen it, JP? I've seen like a bit of it, but then I think I was doing something. I got sleepy. Um, but like the stuff that I saw, it was really fun. It's really cool. I need to finish it. Um, but yeah, it's a cool movie. Though some say its legacy may be tainted because Stephen Chow is a bit of a strange guy, a little bit of a, a little bit of a what do we, what do we hito? I I, you know? I I like a very safe on radio to say would be like problematic Secure. figure. Problematic. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm gonna go. I'm I don't like that word problematic. It's so <gasps> it's a problematic word. Word. You know? Yeah. No. Literally, like if if something makes you feel icky, you don't have to describe why it's problematic. You say it's problematic. Actually, um, I don't know. I'm just an old man, just like Stephen Chow, and he says a lot of weird old man stuff on Instagram. Um, like for example, oh no, think, uh, yeah, in his uh, announcement post, he said, you know, here's my birthday wish to spend a good time with so many pretty girls, young, beautiful, smart, curvy, athletic. All countries are welcomed. The more, the better. And he goes on to say more stuff like, uh, let's people mountain, people see. Just don't be ugly. For those who are qualified, please send recent photos and detailed info. And also, no. that's a that's a mistranslation. It's like it's like let's crowd around. Oh, I need to find the oh. one where he's like. Oh, I need to go to the says article where he where he's like literally like don't Photoshop your images. I am. I can oh, tell yeah. if they're Photoshop. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He said yeah. that as well. Invest. Mm. I am not afraid of having a lot of applicants, but I am afraid that you lack an attractive demeanor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yes, and again, yeah. just for the listeners to get it, all of this is said as part of a casting call for Challenge Women's Soccer, which makes mm. it just adds a bit more um what element I would say, a bit of a bizarre element <laughs> into bizarre, this this announcement. So he, he, he does not give charge. a single iota of a of a damn about this. Like, no, I think it's he's so like, unserious. He, uh, sixty-one. He's like sixty-one years old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Maybe he needs to drop the pen. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds really drop harsh. The drop the pen. Step away from the script. Like no, I don't know. I think I think this is amazing. I think he needs to move forward with this idea. You think he's onto something, really... JP? <laughs> I he's definitely on something. <laughs> <laughs> so are we. Apparently <laughs> so are yeah. we as well. But yeah. oh my god, this guy. Oh man, I I don't know about the rest of y'all, but are any of you guys actually keen on the fact that he is doing a Shaolin's women's soccer remake? Is it a remake or is it just like... No, oh, like nobody... Women this time. Yeah, yeah it's, just women. it's just women's soccer, yeah. Yeah, women. Beautiful yeah. women. Yes. Beautiful, Beautiful gorgeous women. <laughs> curvy women. 
So JP, take a seat down. This one's for the women only. Oh. For the women only? I yeah, see. directed by a man. <laughs> by a man. He has it's a like history a of being sus, and he's also fallen out with a lot of his closest collaborators, wow. which isn't like a so, good sign. So yeah, everyone hates him, but he keeps on like churning out movies that become really successful at the box office. <laughs> yeah, didn't you say the one? What was it? The Mermaid. Yeah. yeah that, yeah, how wait, how big was that one again? You mentioned like the stats. 2016 film The Mermaid grossed 553 million against a budget of 60 million. Actually, that's not that much. But it was big it was big deal. Oh, it opened the day after Chinese New Year, which was the biggest opening day for a Chinese film and the second biggest of all time in China. Behind Furious 7. Wow, China has great taste good. in movies, guys. Yeah, but yeah, um, who is going to see this? I'm probably not going to see it, but it might like tempt me to go watch rewatch Shaolin Soccer. Um, mm. I think even if it's not that great, I think it'll become successful anywhere because Stephen Chow has such like name recognition, especially in China. Yeah, and that's all we really have to say about it, I think. Yeah, I, I'm also I'm also the same. I won't plan to see this anytime soon, but this story does implore me to want to rewatch Kung Fu Hustle and oh, Shaolin yes. Soccer, yes. which I argue are probably like two of the most like up there in his like iconic Definitely. filmography. Yeah. Play every time in Chinese New Year. I've seen Shaolin Soccer so many times every Chinese New Year. Oh boy. <laughs> but yeah. Those it just movies are very joyful to watch, yes. Yes, they're just it's just fun to relive that. But I don't know if I wanna I don't think I wanna see this one. <laughs> I think I will because I am Stephen Chow and I am <laughs> here to promote this movie. So you listener, if you are hard and you like movies that go hard, then <laughs> Let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation because we go hard. Um, yeah. This is Asian Pop Nation on Sin, where we just heard some thoughts about um, upcoming Shaolin women's soccer. And I guess in general, the premise, just because of the casting call and the way the director has gained a reputation for not being um, super great, um, eh, we shall see how it turns out. Um, but, uh, I guess when it comes out, people will watch it, and then we will have better thoughts then. Welcome back to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. You guys just heard a couple of great tracks, starting off with To You by Dreamcatcher and Welcome to My World by Aespa. And a fun fact, both of these songs we did mention in our earlier K-pop recap segments, um, on our show today, we also talked about the hard comeback, and, um, it really slaps hard, and some of the other segments in our show today also slapped hard, including our next rendition of Anime Otaku, where we talked about the upcoming seasonals that we are personally excited for, and we also spoke about Shaolin Women's Soccer, which was recently announced, and they are currently doing casting calls, which, um, is a bit... Because of the way the director, Stephen Chow, phrased the casting, it is a little bit, a wee bit sus, but um, I guess we'll see how it turns out. But uh, yeah, it has unfortunately come to the end of our show today. I hope you guys enjoyed a bit of a throwback to season two. But um, before we leave you guys off, we will be playing a few more K-pop songs. Um, starting off with O Circle by Onu. 
And I also just realized that this entire show has all been K-pop songs. So if you guys are huge K-pop fans, this will be the playlist for you. And you guys should definitely look forward to when we put out our playlist across our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages on Asian Pop Nation on Sin. Thank you.